Welcome to the Twimmel AI Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Charrington. I am backstage at the NYU Skirball Center where the Future Labs group is holding the AI Summit. And I am here with Ross Fadley, who is the AI lead at Insight Data. Ross, welcome to This Week in Machine Learning and AI. Hi, pleasure to be here. It's great to have you on the show. Why don't we get started by having you tell me a little bit about your background and how you got interested and involved in AI. Sure. So I have a background in physics, actually. So when I was in undergrad, I was really passionate about physics. Ended up going to do a PhD focusing on astrophysics. Okay. And that time really drove me to understand and appreciate data. So during that, I was really focused on doing Bayesian machine learning because we had relatively small amounts of data, but we needed to quantify the uncertainty of our models. Okay. And so that I kind of just got forced into because of you know, how I went down my academic path, but it made me really excited by what was happening in machine learning and like some of the new emerging technologies on that front. Awesome. I have talked to a ton of folks who came into machine learning and AI by way of physics. Yeah. And one of the interesting things that happened when I was a postdoc, most recently at NYU, I was jointly appointed with the computer science group with Rob Fergus, who won the ImageNet competition while I was there working with him. And so it was like a really unique opportunity to apply some of these emerging AI, like deep learning models in the context of astronomy, which was really exciting times. Oh, nice. Now, did he win that before or after Matt Zeeler? Uh, He won it with him. Oh, with? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is our second year here at the Future Labs Summit. Uh And last year, I keep saying year, and Steve keeps saying year on stage. It was actually only six months ago. (laughs) (laughs) But so the second time here, and last time I got to interview Matt and hear a little bit about his story. So you were in the same group. Yeah, so Matt was a PhD student with Rob while I was Rob's postdoc. Okay. It was interesting because I was jointly appointed with the, com- the physics group, and so we were doing a little bit of crosstalk in terms of like bringing some computer science applications to astronomy, but also leveraging some astrophysical knowledge when, we're, when applying these techniques. Okay, awesome. And now Insight Data, what does Insight Data do? So Insight is a professional education company. Okay. We run free seven-week fellowship programs to help people transition into careers in data. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Specifically, it's focused around... Did you just say free? Yeah. It's, That's so amazing. So it's free to the fellows. Historically, it came out of the fact that like, there were really smart people in academia, and companies needed like, data scientists but didn't know how to find them and yeah. didn't know that like, these smart people were there, and they didn't know how to connect. So our founder, Jake Klamka, realized that this, there was this mismatch and formed the company. But, of course, academics aren't you know, able to pay a fee for, for education because they, they're usually pretty, you know, strapped for cash. So we find it really important to, like, make these free for the fellows and the companies sponsor the program, basically. Okay. And what is the typical fellow profile? It depends on the program. So in data science, it's typically a PhD in a quantitative field. So it does span traditional backgrounds like physics, math, computer science, but it also spans into you know, biological sciences, even things like political science and, and linguistics, kind of a mix. So that's our, our data science program, but we also run a data engineering program, a health data program, and I'm in charge of the AI program that we run here in New York. Okay. Oh, so the AI program and the data science program are distinct? Yeah, that's correct. 
So the AI program is a little bit different in terms of backgrounds because we see this mismatch of what people want in the industry and where people are coming from. So often people in the industry are looking for two broad buckets. One is like the AI engineer, so someone who has extreme engineering talent, maybe knows the machine learning parts quite well, but maybe not to the same degree that someone who's been doing research for a long time. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so the AI is the idea that the AI program accommodates both this machine learning engineer and someone who's more traditionally like a data scientist, but focused on AI, or that the data scientist goes through the data science program and the AI program kind of fills the the rest of the need for this around this engineering role. Yeah, no, it's it's more of the former. So we I do thought see... for sure I was wrong as I was saying. <laughs> uh, no, you, you nailed it quite right, actually. <laughs> because like some of these deep learning models are quite specific, quite new, and really cutting edge, the AI program tries to bring in people from that group of research into the program, which is not necessarily true for data science more more generally. Okay, got it. And so the program is kind of like this you know, farm team, feeder program kind of thing, specifically for academics. It's not like your typical coding boot camp or something like that where you're taking people off the street and training them up. So we, we actually do admit people from industry, but only for our, currently at least, for our data engineering and AI programs. Okay. Again, on this engineering front for AI, for instance, some of the best engineers are people in industry. We've had people from teams like Google, LinkedIn, Salesforce, top engineers who want to move more into AI come through our programs. Okay. Oh, wow. And so you talked a little bit about it, some of the missing, the things that the, the industry is looking for that are missing at like a really high level. Can you go a little bit more, more deep on that? Like what, what are the things that you're really trying to teach these folks as they come through the program? Well, often the people who are coming into our program have like 95 to 99% of the technical skills you need. So they often come in with an experience, say, deep in computer vision and are well-suited for those types of roles. But they don't know like the trade-offs and how people are actually using this in practice on real teams. Yeah. And so one of the things we do is to help give them this idea of not only like scoping and appropriately like doing a project that speaks to the type of work that they're going to be doing in industry, but we bring in top mentors from teams who tell them about the work they're doing, help them understand what's like the most important thing and what are the critical challenges they're currently facing. And that, that sort of information is something that you, it's really hard to get isolated on your own in a black box. Mm -hmm. And is it, is it like project oriented or is it more traditional, just, you know, model by model or field by field? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we find it's really important to not have like coursework or okay. book work. It's all project oriented. So the fellows execute a significant like data science, data engineering, AI projects during their time at Insight. And it's done in a collaborative way. So it's a very collaborative environment. It's full time. So everyone's together in a room, super smart people, and they leverage off each other's knowledge because one person might be a deep expert in NLP. The other one may know nothing about it when they start talking, they learn much more rapidly than if you, they were told to like go off in a corner and read a book. Okay. And how many people in a given cohort? So there's roughly about 30 people in each cohort. Okay. We're currently in four cities and we run those three times a year. So that gives you a little bit of a okay. scale there. What cities? So we started off in Palo Alto in 2012. Okay. 
are in New York, Boston, and Seattle. And we also run a remote I could have guessed those, right? Yeah. <laughs> and are you, are you expanding to more cities or are you adding more programs? Like what's the expansion plan, if any? Yeah, that's a great question. So to give you a little understanding of our previous expansion, we kicked off New York in 2014 along with a new program in, in data engineering. So we started as just data science. Okay. We then launched Boston focused on health data. That was also in 2014, I believe. And then most recently, Seattle and data science. Just last year was our first launch of the AI program, which started off in Palo Alto, ran for the first time in New York over the summer. So that's like our, our historical growth. We're planning to move into new cities in the coming future, possibly in international locations. And thinking heavily about new programs as they, as they come up in industry. The goal really is like to live on this edge of the mismatch between what companies need and are struggling to find good people in and where there's a gap in, in terms of talent and how can, how, how can we bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. It strikes me that it's, it strikes me that you have to address some of these challenges and this kind of impedance mismatch via projects, but also it's challenging to do so because it's a you don't know what you don't know kind of problem, mm. right? And so how do you supplement the project work with, you know, the things that they need to know? Or is it just, you know, go bang your head against the wall and figure it out. And when you finally figure out what you don't know, we'll be here to answer the question for you. Yeah. So as program directors, as the people who run these programs, their job is to ensure that they have the resources to overcome technical hurdles as they approach them. We encourage them to first dive into it and hit the walls themselves, but then just basically give them the right tools and guidance to overcome those technical hurdles. Some of that might become, come from us or like as people who run the programs, but we have over 1,200 people who have gone through our programs currently, and they come back and regularly mentor the people in the program, not only on the technical front, but also like what is it like to be a data scientist at X company and, and so on. Oh, very cool. And so is the... The program run as a single project, kind of like a capstone thing, or is it a series of smaller projects? Yeah, it is just a single project because we want want it to have a significant amount of depth that it's like impressive to see what someone can actually accomplish in just three or four weeks' time. Right. Later on in the program, the fellows are going around and presenting this work as a way to warm start the interview process with companies that are interested in meeting them. Sure. And are the projects things that they work on individually or in, as part of teams? Understanding that there's collaboration and people helping each other, but do I, you know, are folks grouped into smaller teams to work on things? Yeah, it's really individual based because ultimately these people are hoping to launch their new career. And yeah. when they're going to meet a new hiring manager and having some of their first interviews, being able to talk about something they concretely did and not having mixed signals of who did what, it's really important. Okay. I guess I was wondering if, you know, if you had any startups come out of this, like if someone, you know, if teams, I guess, or maybe even individuals like put, built something as part of this program and decided, well, you know, forget industry. I'm going to, well, forget a job. I'm going to start a company around this thing that I did. Yeah, there's been a, a, a few examples of that. We're seeing more of it sort of come about, especially with the, the AI program in particular, because there's a new sort of green space that's being created around AI startups. Right. And so we're, we're working closely with fellows who are interested in, in, in launching these new, new initiatives, as well as ones who want something like a more traditional path. Okay. 
And so if you could give a list of folks who, or if you could give folks who, you know, are similarly situated in academia or have, you know, strong backgrounds in the theory of machine learning and AI, mm. but not, not the practical experience. If you can give those folks a, a list of, you know, you tell me how long, one, three, five, ten things to go, you know, figure out or learn about in lieu of an experience like Insight, like what's on that list? Often for people, and especially in pure academics, a little bit's about tooling. So some of them might be using a language like MATLAB or R or other languages that maybe aren't sort of industry standard, yeah. making sure that you have the tooling to, to do that. Secondly is, is sort of like the techniques. Often when you're doing a PhD, you get a book learning of you know, the broad landscape of you know, machine learning, deep learning, and then you dive deeply on one specific model. But often when you're on these teams, you want to be able to speak to more broad topics. So not just knowing one type of NLP, but knowing the, the broad spectrum in a more deep way. And so the way you might be able to do that is to actually take on concrete projects with not just clean data sets that come from like Kaggle or some machine learning depository, but actually real live data that either you scraped or you've gotten from like a messy dump of, of data and dealing with those problems that come up when you're trying to implement something that's more realistic yeah. that, that companies have to deal with. Okay. So two, two things, anything, and that's consistent with, so yesterday I was interviewing the startups that are part of the AI Nexus Lab, and I asked them all, like, what are the biggest challenges they're experiencing? And, and your latter point, dealing with, you know, acquiring and annotating and generally dealing with messy data is, was universally like the number one challenge that they face. And it sounds like it's not just startups, it's, that's what industry folks are telling you as well, and. Anything else beyond those two? I think a lot of it, too, is like knowing how data fits in terms of strategy for an organization. I think a lot of people who are academics think, oh, you just go and do your machine learning model and, and check that box. <laughs> but in fact, like being able to evaluate how core to a company's mission where your work is and what opportunities you're going to have is a very challenging space. And often it means it'll affect how happy you are, how well you fit into a particular job. So on that front, it's more about getting out, trying to find ways to network and learn more about, learn more from people in industry and get a sense of like, what does it mean to be at a big enterprise company who's focused on NLP versus a startup that's doing computer vision stuff? Those are broadly different motivations and problems that those, those two right. organizations have. Right. Awesome. Well, what's next for Insight? We talked a little bit about expansion, but any other you know, programs or things that you'd want folks to know about? Yeah, we're, we're currently thinking of ways that we might be able to work more closely with some of the, the teams that we, we work with, specifically around like helping them to come overcome technical hurdles because the, the depth of technical knowledge on our teams is quite strong. We do a lot of like in-house research in, in order to stay on top of the type of work that our fellows are doing. Okay, interesting. How big is the, that research team? Well, so everyone's sort of like... All the, the technical team members at Insight do their own, like, either projects or keeping up with the, the, the latest journals. So it's not like a, a strongly unified team. It's more like yeah. everyone knows that they want to, and they're excited to do it because, frankly, almost all the technical team members were people who went through the program. Okay. And so they themselves are very excited by this type of work and are eager to do it. Okay. Awesome. 
and where can folks learn more and like what's the is there a link to the application or you know how to, what's the process for folks that are interested yeah you can find all the information on our website insightdatascience.com mm-hmm. there's links to all of our programs including the white papers which actually do a really great job of like laying out what is the difference between data science what is the difference between data engineering what is the difference between ai and all those things right and a lot of people especially from academia and other places like that is a hard thing to parse and is yeah. still like a kind of a hard thing to parse for a lot of people in general. Right. So great information there, including our blog posts, which give you a sense of like the type of work fellows do. Okay. And then the applications, we run these programs roughly three times a year. They can go to the apply page, simple web form, and then there's next steps if the application seems like it's a good fit. Cool. That sounds like an amazing opportunity for folks. Yeah. I think so. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Ross, for taking the time to chat with me. I enjoyed learning about the program. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. All right, everyone. That's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening and for your continued feedback and support. For more information on Ross, Insight Data, or any of the topics covered in this episode, head on over to twimlai.com slash talk slash 68. We hope you've enjoyed our NYU Future Labs AI Summit series. If you need to catch up on any of the episodes, visit twimlai.com slash AI Nexus Lab 2. Of course, you can send along your feedback or questions via Twitter to at twimlai or at Sam Charrington or leave a comment or write on the show notes or series pages. Thanks again to Future Labs for their sponsorship of this series. For more information on the program, visit futurelabs.nyc. And of course, thank you once again for listening and catch you next time.